<laughs> Soviet Russia with O Black's you. <laughs> Welcome to Panel to Screen. I'm Bo. And I am Boris. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bell. That's Russian. That's Russian. It's Russian Bell. It's what it In is. In Russia, I am known as Boris the Bearman. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, that's right. It's a panel screen, the most unnecessary show on the internet. That's right. It's two guys talking about movies, talking about comic books, talking about comic book movies. And while the rest of the world is debating whether or not Suicide Squad should be getting the low ratings that it is actively getting, and every single YouTuber, podcaster, and commentator in the geek world is talking nothing but Suicide Squad, or possibly what if, we are out here doing the work of talking about Black Widow. Why? Because we're super late to the game, and that's how we've always been. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, game is late to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did it, seriously though, why on earth did it take us this long to do it? I mean, I know we had a whole other TV show that we kind of, you know, primarily focus on, but still, still, I mean, Bell. I saw it in theaters. This is the first movie I'd seen in theaters in like a year. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So I, I still have not returned back to the theaters. I was, I'm thinking Shang-Chi will probably end up being the one that, that brings me back in and full. Um, but no, I, 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 I ponied up the dollars and, and I actually uh, did the whole Disney plus premium situation. Uh, people were giving me a hard time for it. They were saying like, Oh, Mr. Moneybags over here, you know, getting his, his Disney plus situation. And I, I, I was like, you know, I mean, if you calculate in, especially for like somebody with kids, you got childcare, you got food, you got drinks, you know, you buying tickets for you and the missus. It's a whole, like, it is your date night for that week. All in all, the Disney Plus purchase was actually cheaper than going to the movie theaters. And I love going to the movie theaters. I am pro movie theaters. But, you know, we're trying to be, trying to be smart out here with, with the dollars and the, and the COVID and whatnot. I, I have factual evidence to support your claim. So I took, it was uh, me, my wife, Christy, and my mother-in-law, Julie. Uh, we took her, uh, you know, kind of get her out of the house. She likes Marvel movies and stuff, yeah. too. So we took her, and all in all, it was like well over $100 between food, tickets, uh, all of that stuff. And we could have just paid 30 I mean, I, I, I love my home theater. I really, really do. Um, and it And it's fantastic. And like in situations where there is a an added $30 bonus in those situations. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, yes, it is more expensive, but like if there is an extra charge, I'm probably just gonna go to the theater anyway. Um, because if I'm going to spend money to go see a movie, I'd rather it go to support the theater. And, you know, I have friends who work in the theater and like the, the, the people who work there and things like that. If it's uh, like suicide squad, I was going to go to the theater to watch, but it was free on HBO Max. You didn't have to pay extra for it. And COVID had kind of reared its ugly head back again in Texas. And so there was, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's that's kind of why we went to Black Widow. Everything was kind of calming down. Everything was seeming kind of normal. So we went there. And that's what worries me about Shang-Chi is that, like, I think it's going to be theater only because, you know, Disney's getting in a lot of hot water. And, Ooh, and, and are we going to talk about so, that? Are yeah, we going to talk about that? We're starting off. We're starting off. So OK. OK. Yeah. All right, Bell. Bring the tea. What's up? <laughs> we, we, we're, we're, are you which which side are you on? Are you team Disney or are you team uh, uh, ScarJo? Team ScarJo all the way. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, like, look, it, it makes sense. 
I think I think a lot of the, like the legal jargon that has been used in a lot of like the public the PR stuff has not helped anybody's case in any of this. But I mean, like just from a you know, uh, it just just from a just common sense narrative here. Yeah, I mean, like they should have renegotiated contracts at the very least. Yeah, like like that's the issue here. I don't I don't care, you know. And like Disney's trying to like smear and say, oh, she already made twenty million dollars. That doesn't matter. None of that matters. It, it, does, it does not. You're exactly what right. the, the, the important thing here is, is they had a contract. They didn't renegotiate that contract and they just did what they wanted regardless. Now, everybody's like, oh, she doesn't need the money. But I don't care. Like, that doesn't matter, because think of all the people in Hollywood who work on these movies who may have had similar contracts who don't have the star power or the money or the lawyers or whatever to take on Disney. Right. And so and like, especially you know, at a moment where this is, this is an industry changing moment. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully things work out. Um, I, I, you know, I, 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 it does seem very specifically between ScarJo and Disney. Not, it's not like a, you know, it's not ScarJo versus Marvel, so to speak. Right. Like it's, it, it, it's a, uh, it's no, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's Disney. Disney. It's Disney. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cause, you know, and, and that's the thing is this is contract law. They broke their contract. They are 100% in the wrong. Um, and that is coming specifically from Bell's legal uh, expertise. Look, I've read the contract, see? <laughs> I had my people on it from day one. Scarjo reached out to me and she said, hey, Bell, I need your help on a contract matter. I don't know why she sounds like me, but she does. <laughs> Well, fair enough. All right. Well, we're not here necessarily to talk about all the legal ramifications, but I mean, all things considered, you can't not acknowledge the fact that that's been a thing. Uh, But no, we are here to talk about the movie that was Black Widow, a film that many would argue, I would say correctly, uh, came out far, far too late. And I'm not talking because of the delays because uh, of COVID. I am talking about in terms of now, as opposed to three to four years from now, or rather in the past, not, not the future from now is in the future, you know, the past. Anyway, point is, this movie uh, should have come out where it fits in the timeline, honestly. And the fact that it didn't come out back then is is kind of ridiculous. But so we'll I, get into it, I'm sure. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to? Might as well just talk about it now. I mean, let's get let's let's do it. Go ahead. So I I'd heard. Um, and granted, I don't know how substantiated these these claims and rumors are, but there's a particular producer who used to work at Marvel before Kevin Feige was like the head honcho there. And his whole thing, and the, like the reason why we didn't see Black Panther, we didn't see Black Widow, we didn't see you know a lot of these um, movies that elevate women in POCs was at the very beginning in Marvel. There was another guy at the head who was kind of like, ah, nobody wants to see black people and women in starring roles in comic book films. Look, and- we swapped out Rhodey and no one noticed. Nah. <laughs> well, I mean, that was more Terrence Howard being like, I want more money, and Disney being like, no. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's other factors, but still, yeah, please yeah. continue. But yeah. but but still, yeah, and like it was it was this guy's kind of like you know he was he was the the head honcho there he was making those calls he was like nobody wants to see those uh either i don't and, and i'm not speaking on on his behalf i don't know what his reasoning for that was you um, don't even know his name i i i knew it at one point and i forgot right. but um if you if you google guy at marvel who didn't want women in poc you know starring marvel comic book movies you'll find him it was a guy before kevin feige and um, at least that that that's the the situation that I had heard. That's why Black Widow, uh, a Black Widow movie, even though she had been a character since Iron Man two, you know, the second movie in Marvel's MCU, right? She didn't get a movie of her own until after Phase four. Yeah, second a uh, second Avenger to ever be introduced, right? Yeah, yeah, second Avenger. Mm-hmm. To ever, well, well, uh, I guess Hulk. Hawkeye. Got, yeah, well, and Hawkeye. And, no, 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 not Hawkeye. Because didn't Iron Man two? Iron Man two came out before Thor. Uh, so she would have been the third because Hulk technically. 
I always always forget about the Incredible Hulk. I always forget about it too because it's it's a Paramount movie, and so it right. always yeah it never shows up on Disney Plus, and I always forget about like it was even Edward Norton. It wasn't we swapped out Ruffalo. Edward Norton for Mark Ruffalo, and no yeah. one noticed. Nobody nah. even noticed that <laughs> Ruffalo. That's a foreign sounding name. That'll that'll appease the you know the the PC folks. I'm sure I'm sure that's exactly what he was thinking. But sure, right? Because <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, man. All right. All right. So, yes, one way or the other, it took forever for this movie to uh, become a thing. And, man, I, I would argue to its detriment that it took it took forever because I think this is a really solid movie for the time that it was supposed to come out. But it does feel a little... Uh, I, what's, what's the word here? Like, all right, looking at it solely as a film... I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, the super spy narrative is fun. We saw that a little bit with Winter Soldier. This kind of uh, takes it on a little bit of a, a uh, little bit of a uh, uh, international uh, level, if you will. Uh, <laughs> how, how you'll say uh, spy thriller? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was cool getting her backstory. We got introduced to a lot of fun characters that we're going to talk about. Even the thing that people kind of complain about and, and and it's never really bothered me one way or the other, but it, I, I, I've seen... So, Bell, you know there's this thing they do with, like, uh, prequels, where it's like, here's the origin of that thing that you recognize. For example, uh, Han Solo's dice on, from the Millennium Falcon in Solo. I couldn't sleep until I knew how Han got his <laughs> dice. And, like, I, my life was, was in shambles, and it was not fulfilled until that uh-huh. minute piece of backstory was finally revealed to me. <laughs> All right, so clearly Bell is one of these people. Look, I, I, I don't, don't get me wrong though. I, I really like the solo movie. Like, I, I do like it. I'm, I'm just, I'm making, you know. No, obvious. but I do remember that was a, like you. I think if I'm remembering correctly, you were in that camp of like, do we really need the origin of all these little little doads and whatnot? Here's my thing. In this one with the jacket, I I thought that was precious. I love the fact that it was connected with her sister, and I love the scene where she's like, oh, so many pockets. You know, it's, it's so cool. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I love this woman. <laughs> I think that's where it works, right? Like, you know, there's there's instances where it works and there's instances where it doesn't. Like, you know, if 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 Han Solo had had like a patch on his jacket or something like that, um, you know, or or maybe I don't know, like some if there's some weird cutesy way to sort of like, you know, show the stripes on his pants. You know, that's that's not something that like, you know, is is like fundamental and, and like, you know, a big part of his character, but it it's a nice little backstory kind of thing, right? I mean, the dice are the same way, but okay, all right. I, I, fair, I, fair I guess, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, no, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, sometimes, sometimes movies do things that work, and sometimes you know, movies will do the same things and they don't work. And I, yeah, I, I agree with you in this. And I think that was a, and mainly it was probably Florence Pugs, you know, performance, uh, and you know, oh, <laughs> yeah. the pockets jokes as you mentioned and stuff that made it work better. So but, cool, I, and I just use it for everything. Like I, I loved her, man. I yeah, loved her so she much. She was wonderful. I'm, I'm excited about her being either the new Black Widow or the new White Widow. We don't really quite know exactly what's in her future. Uh, we're about to talk about that for sure. I, but I do want to I want to uh, mention one other thing before getting into the specific characters here, and that is that this movie fits so well into the timeline, like really solidly, and actually, like I guess not necessarily fixes, but does kind of take the opportunity to explain things that I never really noticed needed to be explained before. Like, okay, so we just finished, like literally just finished a rewatch of the MCU with my kids. And as I, and I, I, when this movie came out, we were literally in the right moment for where this falls in the timeline. And it's, it's so solid. I mean, it fits like a glove, but at the end of it, when like dude who, who knows how on earth he got a Quinjet, but regardless, when dude shows up with a Quinjet, I'm like, Oh yeah. 
I forgot that we never like that they just kind of showed up with a Quinjet in Infinity War and nobody ever really questioned it. Like it doesn't make <laughs> sense that they would have one, but you know, I mean they're the Avengers, right? Like you just you just assume they got one. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was interesting how that worked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I think I it would have been nice to have it, you know, as that movie. Um because like I liked Ant Man and the Wasp, I thought that was a pretty neat film. You know, stuff about Goliath aside, I know that's one thing you didn't like about it. Um, but and I still don't. When I rewatch that movie, I'm like, oh, why did they make Goliath? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so well, okay. Well, actually, I guess that that one probably doesn't because that came after. Um, in well, so this Ant- would have needed Ant Man and the Wasp makes sense uh, too, because obviously, in, in Endgame. Uh, Ant Man plays, you know, a crucial role, a critical role, yeah, uh, in the in that film. And actually, I mean, like, goodness, like, I mean, you know, without spoiling Loki or anything else, I mean, if you look at what's going on in the MCU right now, uh, I mean, the quantum realm in general is kind of the that's <laughs> the next frontier, right? Like, that's kind of setting up everything that's that's going on right now. And one imagines between uh, Doctor Strange and the or Doctor Strange and and uh, Spider Man and you know, Ant-Man Quantumania. Yeah. That's, um, it's an important, it's such, such a weird thing to say. It's an important movie, bell. It's an important <laughs> a- Ant-Man and the wasp is an important movie. Yeah. Well, it, I, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta rephrase what I was trying to say. Cause like black widow still wouldn't have fit there. It would have been nicer to have that, uh, mm. in, immediately after civil war in between, uh, yes. um, in game, not in game. Um, it works great though. I will say this, a uh, Ross is showing his age. <laughs> Yeah, pretty, pretty hard. They didn't really try to de-age him. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's only been a few years, so maybe it would have been insulting to even like, you Attempted. know, be like, "Hey, buddy, we got this uh, de-aging uh, uh, software, and we're gonna we're gonna use it on you." It's like, oh, what do you what do you mean? This was this was like three years ago, right? Um, um, it was just three years ago. It's like, yeah, yeah. But we were thinking, you know, what if uh, maybe you just had plastic surgery or something like that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's just three years ago. I, I look exactly the same. Like, I was I like, don't. yeah, you do. Sure. You yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of de-aging technology, um, it is remarkable how far it's come. Mm. Uh, Christy and I watched uh, X-Men X3 because we, we 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 yeah we <laughs> skipped that one we we skipped that one on uh when i was when i was kind of taking her through the the old marvel movies we watched x-men and x2 and then we watched first class uh days of future past um um dark phoenix mm-hmm. cuz she had seen logan like without any context of that history and so you know i wanted to kind of show her all all the all that the, the history of that universe and then finally last night i was like i i kind of explained it to her like there there was a third x-men movie in that original trilogy but we don't really talk about that one <laughs> Because uh, because technically it never happens with all the movies that you've seen, it never happens. But, but see, I feel like that movie is is made better by Days of Future Past in particular because it's, well, it, it's it, it, yeah, it, it's the clear indication that like the timeline has been changed and everything else. And so you know, I mean, on its own, it was awful, especially when we thought that was the end of the X Men franchise. But yeah, yeah, like you know, Charles Xavier's dead, you know, and and. Jean Grey's dead, like all the X-Men are dead, basically. And right. uh yeah. But so so we never watched that when we finally went back and like she was like, okay, yeah, I see what you're talking about now. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. 
But yeah, so the de-aging technology has certainly come a long way. Um, Dude, Magneto and Professor X look like plastic, like <laughs> Madame Tussaud melted wax. It was, it's awful. They're like, they're like a Pixar character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They um, had like so much Botox in their face that they couldn't make facial expressions without like that. Dude, Uncanny Valley all the way. Yeah. They didn't de-age, uh, uh, what's his face? for this right like when when uh, uh you know the crimson guardian or um, the red guardian like when when he was in the what was it 84 when, wait when are the 90s when were they in the america i think it was the 80s or 90s that sounds i can't i can't remember the specifics there i but think yeah, it'd be so the 90s like, depending on how old like by based on how old she was it'd probably be the 90s yeah i think uh early 90s if i'm not mistaken so yeah so they were in this deep undercover uh situation kind of the the russian spies living amongst americans man okay so this movie like that opening sequence too and just the relationship with the girls was um you know as 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 a you know as as a as a girl dad right like as, as a dad <laughs> of daughters here like especially just the age difference between the two and the age of the characters i was just like oh this is hitting this is hitting kind of hard right now especially <laughs> Dude, when uh, when the youngest was saying like that was like I didn't know we were spies because of course she didn't know like that was you know all the fake photos they took and everything else like that was a massive holiday for her like I don't know just the trauma of that lived experience not let alone the red room but even just like the the family that you have is a lie yeah is just ooh man this there was some heavy stuff in this movie yeah Yelena Yelena sorry that's I'm, I was trying to find her name but yeah Yelena I got to remember because. I love her. She's she's one of my new favorite introductions in kind of this next phase of the MCU. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, like you know, you know, it's it's because um, but by that point, um, Natasha had already been through the Red Room, mm-hmm. and so you know, it was a completely different scenario for her versus her sister, right? And like, yeah, like that sort of uh, uh, plays out at the rest of the movie when they're you know having their their homecoming and whatnot, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. What even just the way that they connect, you know, they the, the way in which they kind of deal with their memories. Um, Natasha is very kind of, you know, uh, she's like, you know, mentally divorced herself from that experience. And, you know, it just it was all a lie. And, and you know, who cares? And yada, yada, yada. But for Yelena, who was much younger, uh, that was her family. And that, you know, even though that she's, you know, mad and kind of hates her, her you know, pseudo dad, um, you know, she also loves him and, and looks for that acceptance. And, you know, the memories that they shared were real and the affection that they had for each other was real. Yes, it was a job, but just because you're on a job doesn't mean that you don't care for the people that you work with. And then on top of that, you know, they yeah, it, it was it was so bizarre, like seeing them interact, especially at the family dinner. And this was one of those movies, man, where like the the magic happens in those like sweet moments. Like the action was great. Sure. But like the magic really happens when when everybody kind of gets you know sits still and and kind of shares a little bit you know yeah yeah I agree and and I I will say that the last act the action kind of like was a little distracting and ridiculous <laughs> mm, I mean it was okay cool. all right what well, all right all right you you gonna be you gonna be one of these guys okay, well, no, it's, it's rule of cool right you know like there's there's explosions and they're falling and fighting through the air and stuff like that and yeah okay rule of cool whatever but like there there's so much other stuff in there that was. Uh, uh, that we saw when there wasn't action going on that, that really built the movie up, right? And I'm not saying that the end of it ruined it or anything like that. I, I you know, I, it was a bit much and uh, kind of ridiculous at a lot of <laughs> the parts in the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
I, you know, it didn't bother me. I, I was while I was watching, I was like, well, you know, she's a superhero, and it, it did kind of. It felt a little Zack Snydery, if I could, uh, if I could kind of go there. Like if you look at like. A, there wasn't enough rain. What are you talking about? <laughs> or, or lightning or freeze frames. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or people singing hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, <laughs> thing is though, no, what I mean is that like, if you go back and rewatch Watchmen, like I remember watching that movie and being taken out by the fact that they were doing like all of these like super heroic, like, like moves and like the way they punch things, things broke in ways that like a human shouldn't be able to break them. And I'm like, well, that's not Dr. Manhattan. They're just, you know, that's Night Owl or that's, you know, uh, Silk Spectre. Like they're, they're not, they're just like part of the charm of these characters is they're supposed to just be human. And I was like, well, I guess Zack Snyder's like, well, no, they're superheroes. And therefore we kind of allow them to be able to do things that us mere mortals can't, even if they are mere mortals. Batman, you know, shouldn't be like, you know, in, in Dark Knight Rises, he shouldn't be able to, have his back punched and suddenly it's not broken anymore, but he's a superhero. So we're fine with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look, no, his spine was just dislocated. All he had to do was just, you know, hold himself up and have somebody kick him in the spine. That just kick him in the spine. Just oh, kick it happens right all the back. time. Look, yeah, you know, yeah. All, all, all Bane had to do was just pick him up and then flip him back the other way. That's, <laughs> that's how spinal surgery works. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and, but in, but in Russia, in Soviet Russia, uh, a plane crashes you. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No, it worked out. I thought it was fine. It didn't bother me as much as it seemed to bother other people. I remember because people were talking about that afterwards. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess the likelihood of her surviving all of that is is kind of low when you think about it. But but who comes into one of these movies to think about it like that? Like, you know, like well, I mean, she's not on. dying. You know, you know, like like that's the thing is the, the stakes are are already you know, set, right? Because yeah. you know nothing's going to happen to Black Widow because you've seen her in a movie chronologically that happens after it, right? So, like, there, there there, are zero stakes there. The only real stakes that you have are for some of the other characters. And so, you know, yeah, nobody's expecting anything to happen to Black Widow. Um, or if it does, you know it's going to be resolved by the end of the film. And see, that's the thing. I think when they do, and this is true of other, other kind of prequels that Marvel does as well, th- they've made such a big name for themselves in telling movies that like that connect the universe and change the universe. Winter soldier was, was huge because of the fall of shield. You know what I mean? Like in, in game, like, you know, or infinity war obvious, but even an in game starting off with five years later, like this instant communication of like, no, we're, we're, we're committing like this. We, we made a, we made a big, we wrote a big check at the end of infinity war and we are cashing it. Yeah. We're going to fix some stuff. But we're not going to like, it's not going to just magically all go away. Like there's yeah. going to be repercussions. So the universe has changed in these movies that Dove, you know, does give you a kind of a sense that even if you, you believe or assume that the title character is going to survive the universe, the universe may never be the same. And whenever they go back in time, and this was the same problem that we ran into with Captain Marvel, but like the stakes suddenly become way lower because we know they can't change too terribly much uh, by, you know, you know, beyond just like, like light retconning. Uh, and so the movies kind of tend to suffer from that. I'm looking forward to a, for example, a Captain Marvel movie that now takes place in the modern timeline. So now it can actually have impact on what's going on in the world and, and be more than just like, Hey, here, here's a character. Yeah. Remember this? This, this is like a movie from, uh, from the late nineties, early two thousands. Remember how we used to tell movies like that? Here's one. And this <laughs> kind of also feels like that as well at times. 
but yeah. this one it feel it fits it fits more snugly than the other. It just doesn't have that you know that anything could happen this. Yeah, like yeah, and I, I agree. You know, that's the that's the problem, right? Is you, the only thing you can really do, like in Captain Marvel's case, you can't really significantly change anything because nobody knew about her or any of that other stuff except for like Nick Fury um, when when she was around, and then she left to go patrol the cosmos, right? And so that's yeah. why she's gone. So they kind of explain that. And so the only thing they can really really do is just establish her backstory in a way that it doesn't impact anything else in the established continuity. And, and so, you know, it's same kind of thing here. It's like, we can flesh out some things in Nat's backstory that we haven't told yet, like Budapest, right? Like they can do Budapest they can talk about that. Um, they can, uh, you know, expand on the red in her ledger. That was a big thing. It's like, what is this red in her ledger? And so you can, you can do these kinds of things that are small little bits that, that really kind of, you know, add some stuff to her character, explain some stuff about, about her character that, I mean, you know, do they need to be explained? I don't know. Did I have fun during the movie? Yeah. So, you know, take that for what it is, but you know, you, you can't, you can't have, you know, Black Widow going back in time or, or, <laughs> or like traveling the multiverse or like doing anything like that, right? You know, right, it, right. It, it, it won't work in the context of where the movie and when the movie takes place. Right. It would it would feel it feel way off. Um, let's talk about uh, Melina, I believe the mom. Uh, she was terrifying. Yeah, Rachel Vice. Haven't seen her in a movie in a long time. Yeah, that was, you know, she was an interesting character because obviously, you know, we see her, there is kind of a maternal nature to her. I mean, I guess that's true of, you know, just the family unit in general is they feel very much like a, you know, a, you know, modern for the time family uh, living up in America. But then we ran into her and she's literally torturing pigs. Like she's got, (laughs) she's got a cage of small animals and she is mentally controlling them to the point where they suffocate themselves. And then we just don't talk about it. Yeah, you know, she's a Soviet scientist. No, I no, I get it. Like that's the <laughs> thing. And it is it's so bizarre because I think it it hammers in I mean all these characters. I mean like, you know, with the dad as well, with uh, Alexi. He's like, "My daughter's the the streets run red with the blood of my daughter." <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like I am so proud of all the people that you've killed for Mother Russia. <laughs> yeah. it's like, like you it's know. Just, yeah, maybe you can be proud of uh, other things. <laughs> maybe not <laughs> all the murders. <laughs> yeah, no, it uh, it it you get that like very dysfunctional family where it's like, oh, dad with the politics again. You know, like there's just there's a lot going on there that is oddly relatable in in some ways. So it's it's kind of interesting. All right, man. So we need to talk about the uh, the taskmaster in the room. Uh, so. I don't know if you you've been on on the internet since this movie came out, but there was a little bit of controversy on um, a bit of a Mandarin esque twist to the uh, the villain here. Uh, let me ask you. Let me just ask you this first. What was your knowledge of Taskmaster going into this movie? Uh, you know, like a, a super soldier guy can replicate uh, abilities of different things. You know, has kind of been like a you know an Avengers villain sort of. A little bit of limited knowledge here and there. I'm not like getting Taskmaster tattoos. Or, you know, buying Taskmaster t-shirts or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, like I knew he was a villain. I knew he could replicate abilities. Um, I've seen him interact with Deadpool a couple times. That's about it. There you go. All right. So th- you actually knew more than I did from that standpoint. I, I mean, like, I, again, I knew a villain could replicate, could like see somebody do some stuff and then do it themselves, which makes them a, a pretty good hand-to-hand fighter. That is literally the extent that I knew of this. Um, people apparently, I mean, like, you know, the, the character, uh, you know, is, I'm not saying that 
that the character's not more than that. Clearly, uh, they've got a uh, he's got kind of a, a, a relatively, um, I mean, I guess pseudo extensive. I mean, I think that a lot of people have blown out of proportion the the extent that Taskmaster is that important to you know the Marvel six one six universe. Regardless, I remember the 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 commercials, like the trailers for this movie coming out, and I was like, how are they going to make Black Widow like exciting? at this stage in the game, like post, like post, you know, infinity war and Endgame. how are, how are we going to go back in time and get excited? Who is she going to fight where it's going to feel like there's, you know, something of interest there. And I, you know, we saw the trailers We're like, Oh, it's taskmaster uh, replicates abilities. We see in the trailer. Okay. That's the shield. That's the, the, you know, the black Panther move like, okay, this is cool. It's almost like, you know, black widow versus the Avengers to some extent, or at least the ones, you know, that aren't gods and aliens, like the ones yeah. that it can actually, you know, kind of, she can go toe to toe with. And I was like, that is a great premise. That's a cool premise. And I got to tell you, Belle, I felt very satisfied because that's exactly what we got. We got her going up against a character that has all the, you know, uh, structural uh, abilities of, of the Avengers is, can, is able to call forth their moves, use a lot of things. I do wish they would have leaned a little bit more into that. Um, as opposed to it just being something kind of cool that we were watching, it, it would be awesome if there was a little bit more of, you know, um, just an acknowledgement that she's with, she's having to fight essentially her old family or the kind of the collective abilities of her old family or of her new family while with her old family. And I think that could have been something cool there, but it's not necessary. Well, I mean, obviously it wasn't necessary because that's what you picked up on. I'm, I'm assuming that's what they're trying to put forward with it is like, you know, you, and, and you could you, you very clearly see who Taskmaster was imitating in various parts of the fight scene. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, like, no, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, so it's it's clear that that's what's happening. But I don't know that that was like a character beat for Black Widow. You know what I mean? No. And I didn't think it needed to be like, I think it was kind of understood or or implied in that like it didn't we, we didn't have to have a, a five minute exposition scene of her going oh it's like i'm fighting my family the avengers with my new family the soviet avengers <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know yeah like i i don't i don't yeah it, it was it, it was there it just you know it wasn't like a, a a big thing i guess yeah no that's fine and that's fine but you know it just is what it is okay so here's the deal people people are mad because this obviously is not the the taskmaster from the uh from the comics uh, you know, the fact that also we, you know, we find out there's a, a kind of a, uh, a gender bending nature to the, the reveal also seems to upset some people on the internet from time to time. You know, obviously this is, you know, we're, we're also the flash TV talk podcast. We are, we are used to, uh, villains, especially being completely reimagined. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I think honestly, I would argue that most of us should be from the day one af- after, uh, uh, or rather in, in Iron Man and the original Iron Man, Nick Fury comes onto the stage and it's Samuel L. Jackson and nobody complained that it was the, you know, the ultimate version of, of Sam ja- or the ultimate version of Nick Fury rather than the 616 version of Nick Fury. We know that these are different and reimagined characters. So I was, I was a little confused why so many people were so upset by this reveal. There were people comparing this to the Mandarin and I feel like that is not the same thing because the Mandarin I, the the movie lied to us and kind of tricked us into who we were dealing with with the Mandarin. This movie never tricked us into believing that Taskmaster was anybody other than just Taskmaster, this kind of super killer. And when the reveal comes off that it's Drakeoff's daughter, it fits well with the storyline and with Natasha's storyline in particular. So I, you know, I I don't know. I just want to say I don't fully understand 
kind of the 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 pushback that came from kind of the change up change up of Taskmaster. It doesn't make sense to me. And yeah. I certainly don't believe that it's the same thing as Mandarin. No, but, it's yeah. nothing like Mandarin. And I can't believe we're still having this conversation. You know, it's like, well, we, in all fairness, it's because we're like, what, five weeks late to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 true. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's like, oh, Heimdall was cast by, you know, they cast Idris Elba for Heimdall. Oh, oh yeah. No, I remember that. You know, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, like, yeah, like you said, nobody cared about Sam Jackson being Nick Fury. You know, he looks nothing like the regular Nick Fury. He's the ultimate one. But I, I guess maybe at that, you know, there was no complaint there because literally the Ultimates Nick Fury is based off of Sam Jackson. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's really what it comes down to. If if it's if it's in ink first, then then the fan, you know, the but, quote but unquote I mean, fans will. It's been it's it. been ten years. Ten years we've had these characters, and they're not exactly the same as their comic book counterparts, you know, in every single way. And so, like, why are we still expecting them to do that? Like, I, I don't like. Why can't we go into this movie and say, oh, Taskmaster? Let's see their interpretation of Taskmaster. Masker. Well, and I think that's the thing, right? Like this is like they 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 also kind of set it up that Taskmaster could theoretically be anybody, right? Um, and so you know, if if people are just that absolutely tied to that character, they could always bring it back. I just don't know. You know, there was an outcry of like this dude's the Mandarin, really, which felt like like just awful. Like there's just so much about like that whole. Uh, Killian going, I am the Mandarin. And I'm like, no, man, if anything, you're like Fing Fang Foom right now, but you are not the Mandarin. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so now what, what Marvel has been able to do is kind of go back to the drawing board at, or from all appearances with Shang-Chi and, uh, you know, get the Mandarin right, so to speak. So if there is enough pushback and if there is enough desire to see the original character, one imagines we'll see that original character. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't know. I still, I, I just think that what they did works and I disagree with the the pushback that it got. Yeah, we, we need to remember that we're in the context of the MCU here. Like, this isn't the early part of the MCU. This is a well-established cinematic universe. And so when you look at things, look at it in the context of this. Does it work in the context of the story? Does it work in the context of Black Widow's story? Does like Which, which it did on both of those counts, right? Like, this was the red in her ledger. He, uh, She mm-hmm. thought she killed uh, uh, Drakov's daughter. No, Drakov's daughter's Taskmaster. Now she has to literally deal with the red in her ledger by, you know, fixing that, right? By, like, you know, giving her the dust and, like, you know, she, she doesn't want to kill the person that she's already killed who made her change sides in the first place kind of thing, you know? So like it, it works well for her story. It worked well for the movie. I don't understand why it's such a big deal that everything has to be exactly the same as the comic. I mean, was it because Taskmaster was a girl? Was it because it was I, like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand the complaints. I don't understand. Like, it's, it's an established cinematic universe. Go into the movie thinking that things are going to be different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then be like, awesome. They did this one thing from the comics. That's super cool. Oh, they didn't do everything from the comics. Okay, whatever. That's fine. But like, you know, the things that you do get from the comics, like that are exactly word for word from the comics, cherish those because those are neat. But like, this is, this is, this is a a, a different universe. It's a different medium. It's not going to be exactly the same. So stop going into movies with those expectations. Yes. And how dare you, says Bell. Drakeoff himself. I uh, interesting interesting character um not not a so subtle Harvey Weinstein yeah I mean right because like played by Ray Winston and Ray Winston does not look like Harvey Weinstein but he definitely does in this movie <laughs> you know and, what I mean and he, and he also uh, uh has a very hard time 
not letting his really thick British accent come through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we need to talk about the accents here? But we we cannot it's like, say I'm anything. I'm a British. I'm a British Russian guy. <laughs> I think uh, I did see one really, really good commentary that pointed out that like this movie is filled by non-Russian characters playing or non-Russian actors playing Russian characters. And the only actual Russian in this movie uh, is Taskmaster and she has no lines. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she also had a very, very important part on set. And that was to like, you know, help them correct their, you know, awful Russian accents. Oh, well, there you go. Why don't put that on her? What are you talking about? <laughs> and, and she had a very, very hard job. And and uh-huh. she's like, no, 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 don't put that on me. They, they, no, <laughs> not listen. Like I don't. tried, I tried so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I am so, I am so sad. Be sorry. <laughs> don't send me back home to Mother Russia. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they have rejected me there. <laughs> Putin has my name on a list. <laughs> oh, it's tragic. Anyway, um, okay. Well, there you go. What else, man? Any any other thoughts about uh, <laughs> about Black Widow in in the various characters that we saw in this movie? Uh, I, I really liked Red Guardian. I think um, them, yeah. there there is an opportunity for some kind of story between who he actually fought because Captain America was still frozen in the eighties or, or whenever it was, he was saying that he fought Captain America and whether or not that ties into the super soldiers, mm. like we saw in uh, Falcon and winter soldier, how like, uh-huh. the, yeah, how, you know, there, there were still super soldiers in action um, around there. And if he fought one of them, I think, I think there's some really interesting backstory that we could explore. Nothing that needs like, you know, a feature length film, but like, you know, maybe, maybe like a what if kind of thing or just like an animated, which by the way, the animation of, of what if is, is astounding. I've, I've seen the first episode and I love it. And uh, so, you know, I just saw the second episode of man, when you get to the 10 minute mark, it is going to like, <laughs> yeah, really. well, um, but, but yeah, so, you know, I, I think there's some really neat stuff there. I liked red guardian. I thought he was really cool. Uh, I liked Melina. I liked their little family. I loved Yelena. Uh, I, I can't wait to see more of her. Uh, it looks like she's going to be in this, uh, like with U.S. Agent, and it's it's not the Dark yeah. Avengers that they're doing. Is it well, be Dark Hammer? Avengers, Thunderbolts, Hammer. Thunderbolts. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of different kind of like evil teams they could go with. So let's talk about this. So the the end credit scene, of course, she's going, she's visiting Black Widow's grave. Of course, you know we do get. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, 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 Madam Hydra. Should we just go with Madam Hydra? No, it's, it's Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. So Madam Hydra, played by <laughs> played by Elaine here, is like rolling around and collecting all of these like off-brand heroes, right? Like she's putting together the off-brand adventures. <laughs> yeah, she's, she she is putting together when you when you're you know you're driving home from the grocery store and you say, "Mom, I want some Avengers," and your mom says, "We have Avengers at home." Uh, <laughs> she's putting together the Avengers at home team. <laughs> That is exactly right, Mel. Oh man! <laughs> when we get when we get the whole set, there needs to be a T-shirt that's the Avengers at home. <laughs> that's great, man. Yes, yes, that is exactly what she is doing. Um, I, although I will say, you know, this lines up nicely because we do know that we've got a, a Hawkeye a series coming coming up. Uh, do you feel that they're kind of setting up Elena to be a potential villain in the Hawkeye series? See, that's what I don't know. Like, it's I, I have two minds about it. Like, either either she's going to play a part 
in stage five like so so are the are the shows going to be interconnected in a way like the original four phases were and the, the original uh, four phases built up to Thanos and we resolved that story. Now we have the shows. One thing that I'm kind of surprised is we didn't see Val show up in WandaVision. Could we see new vision there? Ooh. Mm-hmm. You know? And so like, that's the thing is like, so all these characters are kind of being like pulled off of their shows by Val. And is this going to end up in a conclusion in a show or will this end up in a conclusion in a movie and i'm i'm inclined to believe that all of this is going to be while it will impact the the greater marvel universe you know we'll probably see a vision movie again we'll probably see you know things like that uh, we'll we'll see we'll see captain uh, america as sam wilson in in the movies um but i'm thinking like it's it's too much right like you don't want to overwhelm your audiences by saying oh you didn't watch 8 seasons of of like six different shows uh but see i don't think like loki's really the first time that we actually have a season two of one of these things you know what i mean like we never we never got like a confirmation that like captain america and the winter soldier are going to be a is like going to be a season two of that show i really think that basically that was a bridge from endgame to you know captain america four yeah, that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. And like Loki, I mean, it's interesting. It's very interesting that Loki's getting a season two. That is surprising to me. Um, yeah, because Loki seems way more primed to set off, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and Quantumania, right? Like, because those and seem what to- if? And what if? And, and what if? Yeah. So like, you know, it seems which to- I think honestly, man, I think that so I, I would say that all of these things are interconnected in a pretty deep way. I don't think movie or Disney Plus series. I don't think there's going to be a tier of what's more important than the other. I just think that rather than I don't think they're going to oversaturate it. I don't think we're going to have eight seasons. We know we're not getting eight seasons of WandaVision. That was a one off deal. And I don't know. I would be shocked if we got a season three of Loki because uh, that move like like we might. But I but I doubt it. And if we do it's spiraling out into kind of its own thing that it might end up being on a sub tier perhaps, but I don't know at this point, it's the most important. It's the most critical piece of the entire universe. Yeah. Like it, it fits well. I, I, I agree with you what you're saying there with uh, uh, Falcon and winter soldier being a bridge to captain America for that makes sense. And WandaVision being kind of a bridge to bring um, Wanda um, back in or, or to bring vision back into um, the MCU and to give, wanda like a new kind of story to go on with her solo film if she gets one yeah but loki is like this kang right it kang the conqueror he's there he's coming and that's going to be our big bad for the new the new phase right yeah i mean from from all accounts it's 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 a fun time man it's an exciting time in the mcu it is wild though because you if you look at these two different tracks you've got the avengers at home uh, kind of building in the background and then you've got Kang building in the background. And so one does imagine we could be building into kind of a, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think, I mean, people call them, have been calling them the Thunderbolts and and maybe that's the case to me. It does feel a lot more like a dark Avengers. And so I, I would assume they wouldn't call themselves the dark Avengers for obvious reasons, but at the same time, I don't know. I think that there's a the the universe is primed for this, you know, kind of taking the the baseline concept of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is, you know, can the public get behind these, you know, new Avengers um, after we've kind of lost the other ones? Or what if we had, you know, like or, you know, can the U.S. government create a, a superhero team that they control? If you think back, you read the Ultimates, right? 
Um, no. Okay, so Ultimates, great, great series. Volume 1 and Volume 2 in particular. And in it, the, the Avengers are the Ultimates as they're known in that universe. Oh, they might call it the Ultimates. Actually, in the movie, in the movie world, but yeah, because in in the in that universe, they're not known as the Avengers; they're known as the Ultimates. And I think they actually end up changing it in Ultimates Volume Three. But in the in on that team, they are very much a tool of the United States government. They are like a a hardcore, like you know, uh, SEAL Team Six type of uh, eight you know group of super individuals. They get them good PR. But then they can also go through and, you know, annihilate a small country. And they do like they, they completely like, di- you know, disrupt uh, uh, governments uh, across across the world. And so it's very possible that they're really trying to put together a team more like that uh, in the wake of, you know, the public kind of looking at these newer versions of characters they know and like, oh, you're not Steve Rogers. Well, you're not Natasha Romanoff. You know what I mean? Like there's there's an opportunity for a dark Avengers to kind of rise from this. So it's an interesting concept, but when you've got Kang out there <laughs> reworking <laughs> yeah. the multiverse, it does kind of make you wonder like, Hmm, which one of these major threats should we be following here? Cause one is like a, like a small major threat and one is like a cosmic major threat. Yeah. Well, like, and that's, and I think that, bodes well for the future of the MCU because you don't want your, you know, your first Avengers movie to be this like universe breaking event. Right. And so maybe your first Avengers movie of the, of the new phases that we have out here, is going to be something on a smaller scale with, you know, maybe it's like Avengers versus Thunderbolts or Avengers versus dark Avengers kind of thing. Um, and then we build up to that. And then like at the end, you know, when we have our Avengers assemble thing, it's like the two teams come together to fight this cosmic threat. Yeah. They're, they're, they're probably something to that. I know there was a desire to see possibly uh, villains returning in Endgame or something of that nature um, to try to like pack out the team. And so that, you know, Thanos is so huge of a villain that, that even the other villains have to rise up. And I mean, that's, you know, DC comics does that kind of thing all the time, right? Like, Lex Luthor and Superman have to team up because, you know, Brainiac shows up. There's some sort of like cosmic threat that kind of puts a pause to the traditional hero versus villain um, and, and, you know, having to come together. So there's a lot there. Yelena, I'm never going to buy her as a villain, though, because she's precious. And um, like I I, if if I was Russian father, I'd be so proud of all. The roads that run red with the blood she slashes. <laughs> well, but I, I, th- I think that's, I think that's the trick here. I don't think they're going to go for like the comic style version of it, where it's they're actually villains who are masquerading as heroes. Um, I think they're probably going to go with a more like these are anti-heroes, right? And yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a vacuum here, a power vacuum here. That they've we can- done such a good job of laying the groundwork. I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see where that goes. But my guess is they'll, you know, I don't know. We'll just have to see. We're going cosmic. We're you know we're going cosmic on the big screen, and it looks like we're going kind of dark Avengers on the small screen. But we'll we'll see where it all uh, where all lays out. Uh, all right, man. Any other uh, thoughts before we wrap it up? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, I thought it was a lot of fun. Should have probably happened earlier, but you know there are reasons for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a really nice end to uh, Black Widow's legacy uh, in the MCU, and a really great jumping off point for Yelena. Um, I can't wait to see more of her. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. I guess I'm going to give it a four stars out of five for me. Um, I mean, like honestly, I think. The, the only thing that this movie really suffers from, in my opinion, is not coming out when it should have. But it does fit so well into the timeline. When you go back and rewatch the Marvel movies, watch this one accordingly in, in the point in the timeline where it belongs. Even though that after, you know, the after credits kind of throws it off and just skip it. 
skip it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when, when you eventually I'm probably going to do another rewatch. We kind of like bounce around and watch Marvel movies, you know, just every now and again. But like if we ever do sit down and do a complete rewatch of everything, certainly going to put the, like we, we sometimes we'll do like chronological rewatches and those are always fun. And so dirt, definitely going to put this in chronological order when we uh, go back and do a rewatch. Yeah, for sure. What that one of the things we do actually with Captain Marvel, too, is we always skip the end credits because, you know, we the, I, that's the second one, if I'm remembering correctly, in the timeline. Um, yeah, because so there's, there's the first Avenger. Right. And then there's Captain Marvel, and then I think we start with uh, Iron Man, and then That's Hulk, right. and then Iron Man Two, and then Thor, and so on and so Which forth. Which is cool when you think about it, because then you got you got Nick Fury like plays like a massive role in like you know in all the setting up of the original Avengers. Then he kind of like chills out in the background and hangs out with Skrulls in space for a while. <laughs> yeah he'll be back yeah all right well there you go that's our black widow uh, discussion review uh, what have you yes a little bit late to the game but uh hey we had we, we had to uh, we, had, we had some flash to talk about but we got some big things coming up here over the summer and uh well i guess the summer's <laughs> summer's actually over yeah we got some big things coming up here during the break the hiatus everything's all weird because of schedule uh and kind of a, a big announcement uh coming down the way in the coming weeks so uh stay tuned for all of that follow bell at ring that bell you can follow us uh, at flash tvtalk.com or tvtalk.fm for all the latest and greatest and all that kind of good stuff is there also at flash tv talk on twitter that's going to do it for us for this week but for me for bell for bell's mom hi mom in com- in soviet russia we say goodbye to you <laughs> or wait they would say goodbye to us I don't yes. know. bye everybody bye